What is going on, lovely people? Welcome to another episode of the Editorial Podcast. I'm Nikki. And this is Chris coming at you with 102,266 Volkswagen Beetles between us. Volkswagen Beetles. Cute. Yeah, I was watching Legally Blonde the other day, and I was just thinking about like that powder blue Volkswagen Beetle that she's like driving around in. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, this would be a good measurement, especially because, you know, all we do is watch is watch rom-coms. Legally Blonde should be the next one that we do after The Wedding Singer. Oh, yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That. I think Legally Blonde isn't too old of a movie for Mr. Pharmacist to oh reject watching it. Listen, it's like a coming-of-age movie. It's not so much about the romance as it is about, uh, it's about the feminism, you know? Yes. 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 And if he can't appreciate that story of, like, a woman coming into her own, shame on him. Then he's cut. Yeah, tell him, tell him that's misogynistic. <laughs> it's 2020. <laughs> we're trying not to get canceled here. Exactly. Literally. We're out here trying to, like, you know, make waves and empower women, and he's out here not wanting to watch Legally Blonde. Like, come on, my dude. Yeah, I know, right? God. Yeah, we're like making money moves here. Literally. Like, come on, we gotta yes. we gotta we gotta we gotta support other women, including Elle Woods and her pursuit of Harvard. Who's that? That's the lead character. Oh right, sorry, that's her name. Yeah. In the oh my goodness. <laughs> it's been a while. It's been a while. <laughs> I've watched it once, like eons ago. So Oh man, I like shamelessly watch it all the time. It's like it's like one of my guilty pleasures. I love Legally Blonde. You must be one of those people who are also part of that like culty group loving mean girls. Yes? I'm not I I do like Mean Girls, but not at the same level that I love Legally Blonde. Okay. And I think it's mainly because, like, there's not a murder in Mean Girls. There's, like, an attempted murder in Mean Girls, but there's, like, you know, there's, like, a proper murder trial happening. Yeah. Yeah. And the fact that, you know, Elle Woods uses her her, her strong suit to, to solve the murder in the courtroom like a boss. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. Like a boss, so- yeah. Exactly. So it's feminism with a touch of murder. It's perfect. It's everything that encompasses Chris. <laughs> it's funny because it's true. <laughs> it's- <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> oh, man. Nikki, tell us what's been happening with you. What's been going on this week? Just studying. Honestly, I've been just studying quite a bit. And mm-hmm. exams coming up soon. So there's that. And we shall see if I pass or not. The thing's freaking three hours. So God. not excited. I mean, I, I know that you're going to do well. I know that you're going to kill it. You are incredibly Thank smart. You. you are Elle Woods. You you are going to use I, <laughs> you are going to use all of your background skills to pass this exam just like she did her LSATs. And then you know what? She got into Harvard when no one thought she could. We shall see about that because if I don't start making some money soon, I will be homeless. Oh my God, stop. Either which way, I'm telling you right now on your business cards, like because you're going to be a realtor because you're going to pass this exam, Yeah, you're going to have to put like on your business card, like in quotation marks, like the L Woods of realty. Oh shit. Yeah. Boom. How many people will not get that reference, though? Pretty you know much what? all the millennials. You know what? If they don't get it, you, they don't want a house. It's just that simple. Maybe. Yeah, okay. 
Maybe if they don't get it, they're not old enough to get a house. Exactly. That's exactly it. It is a cultural icon. Elle Woods is a cultural icon. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Our generation, or actually I should say the movies that came out in our teen years or yeah, like a little bit past teen years too, mm-hmm. into early adulthood. I think we have some pretty good movies that came yeah. out during our time. And like obviously not throwing shade on the old timey I know you I know you like your silent black and white films, Chris. Wow. But yeah, I got called I, out. I, <laughs> <laughs> but uh we have some good movies that came out during our time and it's only getting better, I think, with all of the advances in special effects and makeup and, and all that mm-hmm. stuff, the green screen magic, you know. So I think that uh, I think the new generation, the Gen Gen Z, Gen Z can can appreciate like they should be able to appreciate it because yeah, I, there's a lot of shit movies that are out now yeah i think that like they're actually but here's the thing too like it's been so problematic for people to make film because of this new whole color representation bipoc yeah minority thing that wasn't ever on the table which it should have been but then you know the old days are the old days past Uh, but other than that it's getting a bit harder, I would say, to please a lot of people. Yeah, I don't think it's super hard, though. I mean, like, instead of having a white protagonist, put in a, a, a protagonist of a different racial identity. It's super simple. I think, like, especially now where everybody sort of has a shared history and, like, a shared sort of, like, idea of what life is and what, like, home is and, like, what your current idea idea of of what this point in time is we all sort of live in this together regardless of like where we're from and I think you know social media sort of shrunk that a little bit because we all sort of have the same lives and how many like stupid gifs and memes I see on Instagram where it's like someone will be like yo do you like do this thing and then everybody will be like oh my god we all live the same life and I'm like yeah dude so why does it only have to be, you know, white people up in these movies living these lives when, you know, there are other people, too, who live the same lives? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Swap out that white protagonist for literally any other ethnicity and we're set. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if it's a, a thing going on right now, but like I see on TikTok, there's this people responding to the fact that Tim Burton and maybe he said something about uh uh, BIPOC people don't fit his aesthetic. Oh, man. And so now there's all these beautiful, you know, colored skin people on TikTok doing their makeup uh, in in the same way as if you were to look like if you were in a Tim Burton movie. Yo, I don't want to cancel Tim Burton, man. Why did he do this? I love Tim Burton. I'm so upset right now. <laughs> It's like no. the same as the the guy behind uh, Victoria's Secret who says that plus size and trans models don't fit the well, Victoria's Secret. Listen, look model at some of the aesthetic. scummy people that were associated with with uh, Victoria's Secret. Like Jeffrey Epstein, for Christ's sake, was involved with with Victoria's Secret as a company. So like they were canceled from the get go. So like Sava, right? True. 
but yeah, Tim Burton. And then I'm sure there's a many, many more people who have to now check themselves, you know? And then, like, that doesn't make any sense. I mean, like, anybody who hasn't slept in a week and, like, hasn't seen the sun, you know, any any engineering student at any major university looks like a Tim Burton character, regardless of race. That's just... <laughs> That's just what it is. You just go to U of T and just be like, yo, where are the engineer students at? You know? And then go in there. They'll see like just black eye bags down to their cheeks. And yeah, they're like, they're sunken cheekbones. Because they've been eating malnourished. Yes. Like just walking zombies. Exactly. They haven't like left the lab in three weeks. And they've just been eating the one granola bar that they've had in their knapsack. (laughs) <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. That's, They're pretty much homeless. Yeah, like they just stay only at on campus. Yeah, so that's pretty much yeah. All of your Tim Burton characters, and let me tell you, every ethnicity you could possibly find right in that in that lab. I promise. Majority Asians, <laughs> I would say. <laughs> Asians, South Asians, yeah, the whole mix. We're all there. It's just a rainbow of just anemic sad individuals who are completing titration labs for sure (laughs) i pulled out like the idea of a titration lab and i'm not gonna lie my brain just like forgot how to work i was like that was that was a memory i I don't even know i don't even want to pretend i know what that is like i'm just gonna we're gonna move on and we're just gonna (laughs) gloss over that (laughs) well we sort of touched a little bit on what we were gonna talk about i guess Yeah. yeah I was talking to Nikki earlier about this podcast that I listened to, Podcast Plugging Podcasts. You can find this one on Spotify. It's produced by Spotify. It's called Dissect. And basically the host uh, does like a season-long breakdown of an album. And uh, the season I was listening to was Tyler, the Creator's Flower Boy. And I don't know about you, Nikki, but like I, I think I was like, I think I hit my coolness like after Odd Future and Tyler, the Creator became a thing. Like, I think I became hip, like, after that because, like, I missed Tyler, the creator, completely. Like, he wasn't even on, like, my radar for a very long time. And to be honest with you, I still still don't kind of have him on my radar. Like, I think he's a little bit outlandish for my liking. And I'm like, dude, chill. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So it it was funny because, like, this this album was a huge deal because, like, he basically – came out on this album and it was like a big deal because it was basically one big self-exploration album. But the whole narrative of it is him in a very expensive car driving down streets and like basically having an internal monologue with himself. Okay. And there's one song in particular that uh, the host breaks down. Go listen to this podcast. It's super awesome, guys. It's called Dissect. And the one song is called November. And there is a line that he basically says where uh it's like take take me back to november tell me what's your november is it a time is it a place and i was just thinking oh crap like this is pretty much my whole degree so (laughs) (laughs) way to way to summarize like four years of university with one song lyric pretty much it's really funny so like anybody who knows me knows that i have i I have a writing and an english lit degree like i don't talk about it every day of my life because it's the one crowning achievement that I've accomplished so far. Um, oh, shut up. It's a big <laughs> accomplishment. Hardly. It's very funny. Um, my mom asked me like w- if I wanted to hang up because we've just finished sort of redoing the house. And she she asked 
if I wanted to hang up my degree. And I was like, I literally never want to see that thing because of how much PTSD I associate with it. <laughs> okay. Like I look at it and I get heart palpitation. <laughs> <laughs> like please was it even worth it literally i was like can you please put this literally anywhere where i can't see it? <laughs> just hide it just hide it we'll just use it for the fireplace literally the, the amount of blood sweat and like anxiety attacks went into this <laughs> yeah but basically a big part of uh well canlet and canadian literature is is the idea of feeling homelessness at home right it's like we as canadians feel homeless for a few different reasons. And this is like across generational, like shared experience across all Canadians. So mm-hmm. back in the day when Canada, when Canada had become like, a, uh, when we had gone to Confederation, we had influences from France. We had influences from England because we were still part of the Commonwealth at the time. Yes. But we still had all of this media influence and like all of this impact from the U.S. because of all the trading that was happening with them, right? Yeah. So yeah, yeah. We, we never really had a true identity because we were always made up of like all of these other cultures and all of these other influences in how we run our country, right? Yeah. And now- we're pretty diverse, I would say. Oh, yeah. And especially now, like that has evolved further where like the idea of Canada- is like a tessellation of culture, right? Like we're all we're all we literally call Canada a country of immigrants because it's yeah it's crazy how much diversity is here. Like we're one of the most diverse countries on the planet. Like Toronto is one of the most diverse cities on the planet. Mm-hmm. It's odd because uh, now that we're a country made of immigrants, like you and I, we're first and second generation Canadians, we're caught in this Mm -hmm. identity of being Canadian, but also being of Asian descent, right? So it's like, we're also in in this idea caught between our own heritage, and then like, whatever this identity of Canada is, right? So it's like, Mm -hmm. homelessness within homelessness within homelessness. And then, I mean, that's like, that's Fucking like an inception here, right? Uh, so that's like the whole sort of like archetype of what homelessness at home means to just live in Canada. But even like listening to this uh, episode of Dissect and bring it back to sort of Tyler, the creator and him talking about it coming back to November, there was a November that he, he basically held as tr- like the most happiest he's ever been. And that was... Uh-huh. It was it was a time. It wasn't a place so much, but it was a time and sort of a mood that was home. And if he could live in that moment, he would. And I think that was really profound because, like, when you write prose, the whole idea of prose writing. Nikki has read some of my prose. They're good. Thank I you. Don't, I don't know what a, what defines a pro, but whatever you wrote was good. Thank you. Yes. Yeah, so Maybe feel things like feel feel. Exactly. Things. Yeah. So the whole idea of prose is like you stop a moment in time and you try to write it perfectly right you try to get every single nuance of of that moment in to what you're writing and you try to capture it as as wholly and as completely as you can and and a lot of those times it's like the easiest ones to write are the moments where you feel the happiest because you are you are transfixed in that moment you can get every single detail because it's like registered in your memory Uh so in a way it's almost like you're writing you're writing your version of home in those moments right so it, right, right, yeah. yeah. So I, I think it, just hearing that sort of had me thinking, like, what, like, what, what is your idea of home, Nikki? Like, where, where, or what, or when, or who, or how is home to you? Especially considering all of these things, where you know, 
our identities as, you know, Asian, uh, as Asian Canadians and like what our heritage looks like within, you know, the confines of Canada and then Vancouver, like what, what is home right now? Like what, what is that moment that is home? I think that's a very interesting question because like you said, it could be, it it doesn't have to be aware. It doesn't have Mm -hmm. to be a physical location for you to associate this place um, or this kind of moment in time to be safe. Yeah. I think that like maybe we should dissect it in the way where what is considered home, like in terms of how does it make you feel and what feelings are associated Mm -hmm. with this. Like so home to me, I I would think my definition of home would be a place where I'm, I feel safe, mm-hmm. like fe- feeling safe as in feeling safe physically, mm-hmm. that I won't get harmed or abused um, physically, but then also safe in a way where I'm safe to express my emotions and my, my feelings, so my mental and my emotional mm-hmm. safety. So because your home could be at home with your parents and your siblings, you might feel physically safe but you might not feel emotionally safe because for a lot of people that love the same gender, mm-hmm. for people who are you know do identify as being LGBTQ+, it might not feel safe for them emotionally to come out even with family. And that's why you have the saying of being in the closet because your family is the closest to you, but you still have that kind of a shield where you're like, well, I know that they're my parents and I know that they should love me unconditionally, but how far is their unconditional love? Because you don't really know mm-hmm. uh, until it gets to that point, whether or not you have to come out and let them know, you know, this, uh, that I, you know, I like girls mm-hmm. you know, and then see how they react. Right. So in that sense, I think home to me would be probably a person or or maybe a time mm-hmm. not so much a physical place uh so i mean it's different oh, it depends yeah. i think right now what feels safe for me is is being at home which i'm very lucky for because like being at home with mm-hmm. my family my house is not that safe actually i live in a neighborhood where it's supposed to be nice <laughs> But there have been just a lot of break-ins, uh, and I don't know. I don't know why, but I feel safe with my family, and I feel like they they understand me more as a as a human now. Like there was definitely a rough patch with my dad, where you know I threw shit, and uh, you know my dad cried alongside with me. But then I don't think that he ever understood how I felt until that moment. So yeah, yeah. Other than that, right now. A person like you know, Mr. Pharmacist makes me feel pretty safe. I've been pretty silly and like myself with him, and he hasn't been like, "Well, okay, well, that's pretty, you know, off the charts here." Well, actually, no, I did say something pretty oh psycho to him the other day, where I'm like, "You realize, you realize that like you're not asking me to be your girlfriend. You're asking me to be your wife because we either break up or we get married. There's no, there's no Holy other option. There's no crap. option." see and he's like you know that is a bit psycho and I'm like I know but like I had to say it because it oh was my on my god mind. you're a crazy person <laughs> so <laughs> I know and the fact that he hasn't 
like I don't know, packed his bags and it evaporated all the, off of the face of the earth. I'm pretty lucky. So, so yeah, like right now, person wise, he does make me feel pretty safe, and I'm pretty lucky for that. But enough rambling on my side. What about you, Chris? Like, what makes you? What oh, is home? Man, I think about you? this question a lot, and I think it, it always takes me back to like first year U of T, and I sat in this class called Literature for Our Time. Anyone who knows anything about me knows that I love the Weaker Thans. They're like one of my favorite bands. They're out of Winnipeg. And John K. Sampson, who is the lead singer, writes probably the most Canadiana lyrics that you can find. Like he literally has a love song called Tournament of Hearts. It's all curling references. More than Bare Naked Ladies? Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Definitely. Like, Bare Naked Ladies, they're pretty Canadian, but, like, the weaker dance is, like, Tim Horton's Double Double and a Honey Cruller Canadian, you know? Oh, shit. Okay. Yeah. Well, I thought that Bare Naked Ladies, I went to go and watch them in concert. Well, I'm not a Bare Naked Ladies fan, but I did <laughs> yeah. watch them. I want to just preface that because that's definitely not my taste of music. Oh, but my I God. I did watch them live at our 2010 Olympic medal ceremony. Mm-hmm. How Canadian is that? Like you go to Rogers Arena and you go to watch Bare Naked Ladies perform right before a Canadian medal ceremony of yeah. the Olympics. That's Winter Olympics. That's so that's Canadian. Canadian. You're like you're like bleeding maple syrup at that point. Yeah. Pre- <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh man. I'm like, I can't wait to like when it snows. Well, I mean, here in Vancouver, we get like three centimeters of snow and oh, everything's whatever. fucking at a halt. Jesus. I know. I know. Don't give me the Toronto side eye, okay? (laughs) But like when we get a bit of snow, I'm just like, it's time. It's time to kind of like baptize myself in a sense and and put maple syrup on the snow and roll it up with a popsicle stick. I want to do that. Yeah, yeah. You got to like boil it so it gets like it gets like thick. And then you put it, and then it seizes because it gets like candy level. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that's I know. maple syrup on snow is how is how Canadian the weaker thans are. Like that's how Canadian they are. Okay. Um, yeah, it's funny. Like their most famous song, I think, is is called "One Great City," which is basically what is written on like the sign when you drive into Winnipeg. And it's all... There's nothing in Winnipeg. Oh, it's super funny because the chorus of the song is like all of these people working like menial jobs and then talking about how much they hate Winnipeg. (laughs) No, guys, for people who are listening, I know we have international listeners, okay? Winnipeg is literally nothing. Oh my God. And it's like super flat. They've got some nice stuff. They've got the Human Rights Museum. I went that's there. That's like really that's beautiful. That's the only thing. That is the only thing worth going to. There is uh, absolutely the exchange district is nice too. No, there's like nice else. like. <laughs> no, I'm telling you, I've been there. There's no like their downtown. To. Their downtown is literally non-existent. Like you walk there and it's like an abandoned city. There is no one on the streets. And oh my God. there's Stop. one restaurant that's a revolving restaurant. And so we were able to see the entire like downtown, like the entire, you can see the entire fucking world from Winnipeg at this revolving restaurant. Cause it's so damn flat. It oh literally never stops. The horizon never stops. And you can, well, that's also not fair because like you're from Vancouver where there's literally ocean on one side and mountains on the other. So, I mean, everything is flat to you guys. True. So all you flat earthers, please migrate wow. there because I'm sure it will help your case. <laughs> 
You're like, guys, I can see off to the end of the earth. It's straight. Hey, listen. You guys all just stay there and starve there and die there. They haven't. They have an Arby's in Kildonan Place, which is like the Dufferin Mall of Winnipeg. And I ate so many, so many Arby's curly fries while I was there because you can't get that in Toronto. So because I was that's like, probably Yo. the only edible thing in Winnipeg. <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. I remember being there for like three weeks and like just praying to get some sort of green vegetable. I was like, I'll take anything. I'll take anything. I can feel my teeth coming loose because I'm pretty sure I have scurvy. <laughs> I don't get it. Why were you there for three? Dude, I was there for like four days and I couldn't. Dude, take it. I was like opening a store, dude. It was Fuck rough. Man. It was rough. Do people there even you. sleep on mattresses? Like they probably just sleep on like the ground. Like, they probably just sleep on the wheat fields, the, the rice fields that they build. Like I don't know. Oh man. No, 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 no. It was a different store. It was a different time in my life. But oh, uh, okay. I'm just like, what the fuck? It was a clothing store of oh, okay, okay, okay. Scandinavian origin. I think that's all I can say. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because I know what it is. <laughs> it's funny because, yeah, everyone kind of knows what it is, I, I, I would assume. But, yes, I was there opening a store and it was like, it was silly. But but because I love I love the weaker dance, like the couple days off that I had in between – Opening the store, I had like my, my headphones on, listening to to the weaker thans as they talked about certain places, and like I was standing in front of those places, and it was pretty amazing. And I think where I'm getting what what my whole point is with the weaker thans is like it, there's something about like having a love hate relationship with where you're from. John K. Sampson, when he writes about Winnipeg, talks about how much he hates Winnipeg and how Winnipeg is like this terrible place. But there's something that he he makes universal about Winnipeg. There are people all around the world who listen to the Weaker Thans and who love it, but who have never been to Weaker Than or have never been to Winnipeg rather, but mm. like understand the feelings associated with that place. It's like you get the local just right enough that it becomes universal. Do you know what I mean? Okay. So for me, it's like when I talk about a place and when I talk about like what home feels like and don't laugh at me, guys. I swear to God, I will I will physically fight you. <laughs> Home for me is 10 p.m., this one little spot on Dundas and Ossington uh, called the Lakeview. It is a 24-hour diner. It is perfect in every way. It is. And I think there's something, there's something in just the solitude of the place. It's got sticky vinyl seats. They've just recently redone them, so they're not gross anymore. <laughs> the tables are also a little bit sticky. The the menus, well, they aren't showing menus right now because, you know, plague. But, you know, back when they had placemat menus, they were laminated. And all of the options had, like, funny, punny names. They serve coffee, bottomless. They they do milkshakes. They're famous for an apple pie milkshake. Apple pie milkshake. Yes, Nikki is well-versed in the apple pie milkshake. Yes. And there's just something about being there on Monday at 10 p.m., when Toronto is pretty much shutting down for the night. Everybody that's there is probably just finishing work and coming there or they're on a date or something and and they're at, they're in this spot, but I'm in the corner in the very very back booth. The waiter knows me by name. He will always ask me if I want a cup of coffee and a milkshake or a root beer float when I walk in. Um, the answer is sometimes all three, depending on how hard a day I've had. Oh. And 
there is something about putting my headphones in, listening to a podcast, and pulling out a notebook and writing there for hours. And it is a safe, quiet solitude where nothing can touch me. And I am somehow so far away from Toronto, but I'm right in the heartbeat of it all at the same time. And it's like being in eight places all at once as you're sitting in this diner. And your head is always the clearest, but somehow the daydreamiest simultaneously. I have written some of the dumbest, some of my most proud work in that one booth in the corner in this place. And I think I think it's it's the idea of just like you were saying, safety that that makes it home. And it's mm-hmm. like my origin point. Like when when I talk about when I talk about home, I talk about I talk about it like a love letter to the Lakeview. There's just something iconically special about that spot. And I think that that is sublimely the perfect idea of home. Very very touching. Uh, <laughs> I think if that band could now just write a ballad called Love Letter to the Lakeview. Oh, man. They would have to be from Toronto, though. So it would have to be like a Toronto band to get it right. That's the thing. You'd have to get Ooh. every detail right. I mean, there's like Tokyo Police Club, but they're like from Newmarket, which is like a suburb. So they're like not not okay. there. Since I'm an honorary Torontarian, I will a do tr- it. A an Torontonian. Oh my God. Yes. Toronto Terry Torontia. Yes. I will yes. do it. I will write that song for you. Okay, perfect. I can't wait to hear it. Yeah. I've never <laughs> written any songs in my life, but this shall be the one that makes me famous. Yes. Oh my God. You're gonna you're gonna get like two million plays on iTunes. Wait, is that is iTunes still a thing? On Apple Music. I don't fucking know. We're I Android people. Android phones. We, Come listen, on. It's fine. Don't worry. It, 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 it'll be streaming most streams on Spotify. There we go. Yes, Spotify. <laughs> Man, fucking I, I can't get it. I don't get it. People now, I feel like, see, 2020 is so woke that now people <laughs> are starting to complain about Apple stuff, which I've been complaining about since the get-go, but like... I, it doesn't dude. make any sense to me. I, like, we've complained about this before. Like, everything is backwards. Somehow, you gotta scroll the opposite way to move in the direction that you want. The The exit button is on the is on the wrong side. It's like... It, it, it's like driving in England. It doesn't make any sense. Everything is backwards and everything is on fire yeah. and everything is terrible. Everything's on fire, yes. Fire is on everything. Like it's not, it's not just that. It's like, think about now people are like, oh, the new iOS update, it allows you to, you know, customize your homepage and all your icons and what you show on your screen. I'm like, bro, Android has had that since the beginning. And then like swipe to text. Also, Android's had that since the beginning. You want to know why Mac never had it? Because it's terrible and no one uses it. Why did they decide that that was a thing? I don't. I don't know. And then now <laughs> the new iPhone 12. It's like we are trying to save the environment by not including the charging brick or the cables or the headphones. And then I'm just like, but that's then a cash grab. That's a who, whole cash grab. Oh, now they have to dude, buy everything not, separately. No, 
it's nothing to do with the environment. It is all about the money and it's oh, all yeah. about the capitalism. They are like, okay, yeah, it's saving the environment. But then if you, if you look at it, the new iPhone has a new, it's like the USB-C plug. So it's not even the same damn, like Yo, whoa, you can't whoa, whoa, use whoa, your whoa, previous whoa, 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 whoa. phone wires. They're using USB-Cs now? Oh, yeah. Oh, man, they finally got on the right. Uh, okay, cool. Amazing. That no, means no, no. everybody's. No, 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 no. You're getting me wrong. The i the 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 part that goes into the iPhone is still yeah. the iPhone thing, but then oh. the opposite end is a USB C. So you have to buy a the charging oh, brick that has a USB C so plug in, because all the other ones used to be still a USB USB B, right? So yeah. they are like, okay, now you have to get a brand new fucking brick, and then you have <laughs> to get the freaking wire, and then now it doesn't even come with the head bones so if you're buying an iphone for the first goddamn time you need to buy their headphones too because remember they don't have a headphone jack anymore so it's like the four other packages that you have to buy that's also wrapped in plastic that's also has all this cardboard and all this shit on it and they're just like saving the environment oh yeah no like bros. i was so mad like when i got my google pixel because I came from a, like a Totorola before. The <laughs> Totorola. Yeah. The Motorola Razor. I had the Motorola Z Play, whatever, Z Play 2, whatever it was. The one that had the speakers that clipped onto the back. Nice. It was like a party in my knapsack all the time. <laughs> but like it had, a, I, that one had a had a headphone jack. And then when I got my, my Pixel, because I was like, yo, I should get like a current phone for the first time in my life. It, it yeah. didn't have one. And I was like, what am I supposed to do? And I went on Amazon. I bought like the the extension piece, like the the thing that you stick in yeah, yeah, to yeah. the charging bit. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I just bought one because like it said USB-C to, to auxiliary. And I was like, cool. This Did you know that Google only programmed just the Google branded ones to work in the Google Pixel? Like you can't use an off-brand one that comes in like an eight-pack from Amazon. Like you have to get a Google one. Wow. I'd never yeah. been so offended in my life. <laughs> but that's like how when like remember when Samsung was under fire because they're like, oh, all these like made in China charging cords or something started blowing up their fucking phones, you know? Yeah. And like the battery in the phone blew up. Like, I'm like, damn. I mean, I I always knew that I was bomb, but I didn't know that like Stop. I didn't know that it was like enough to blow up a phone next to me. <laughs> that was super lame. Sorry. No, that's great because I was watching um, Rush Hour two like the other day, and like Chris Tucker has that one joke where like they think they think the the Secret Service agent Isabella has like a, she had like a bomb delivered to her. And then when they realized that it wasn't a bomb, like Jackie Chan was like, why Why did you say it was a bomb? And then he was like, no, 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 no. I didn't say it was the, a bomb. I said she was the bomb. And I was like, ah, oh, shit. Ah, <laughs> ah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Just like, I do, that's another thing, too, that I feel like we should talk about is like, why do some jokes don't translate? It's just like a big fuck you to the rest of the world. It's like, hey, we have this joke, but you only get it if it's in Chinese. <laughs> and if you're not Chinese, you won't get it. <laughs> well, I guarantee, like, to, like, the native English speakers that we have all of our dumb puns. Like, those puns don't make sense to anyone else but native English speakers. Because, like, you True. have to understand, like, the dumb connotations that are associated with each word in order to make yeah. the joke. Yeah. So, I mean, it's I like... I think that's actually really cool. Yeah, it's like a dumb linguistic thing. 
because we all have different languages and they all have different meanings for different words and homophones and all of that other stuff that goes along with making a pun. And, and, and not all of those things translate equally. <laughs> yeah. But also that's another concept of, of home, somebody who understands you without having you to explain yourself. And oh yeah. Just getting your humor and getting, you know, where you're coming from or just like somebody who notices when you're having a bad day. Yeah. Shout out to the wait staff at the Lakeview. Thanks for always knowing when I need a coffee versus when I need a, a milkshake. I love you guys. They yeah. You know that yeah. that little booth in the corner there. They should they should put a plaque like, like <laughs> your name on a plaque. <laughs> You know how they do that on like, you know, benches in the in the park? You should do that for this booth. Oh man, you know what would be funny? Like after I write my book that I've obviously written there, my book yeah. of prose that I publish, and then it's like they put a plaque there where it's like this is where she wrote three quarters of it. Like <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That'd be nice. <laughs> That'd be hilarious. I want a milkshake named after me. I want the creamsicle milkshake named after me. I don't know what they're gonna name it, but I want I want them to name it after me. Oh. That's, I don't know. What would they name that? The I don't know. The bomb milkshake. No, that would be yours. No, then they're going to think I'm like a freaking communist. No, the apple pie milkshake one is, they, they'd rename it that for you. Okay. Or, it's pretty or. pretty good milkshake. Or the $3 mimosa, one or the other. Damn. $3 And it should be like a triple shot because one shot in a mimosa is like a triple shot for regular people since I'm allergic to alcohol. <laughs> this is true. It'll be like, it'll be called the one shot wonder mimosa. The one shot wonder mimosa. Yeah. Yeah. Oh Where it's God. like when you order it, it's like triple the amount of alcohol content. Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Oh man. It's like if someone orders that, it's like they have to have like an Uber on standby, like straight away. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then they have to talk to the Uber driver the entire yes, ride. The entire ride. And, yes. <laughs> and make conversation while and like forget everybody else home. in the car like looks at you very awkwardly. <laughs> yes. <laughs> See, nobody's gonna get that because that only happened and that moment only exists with me, you and Jonah. And that's another home that, for me. It's just yes. being being around friends that yes. you ha- do stupid shit with (laughs) and they accept you and they love you and you bring it back all the time from running into the street into an oncoming streetcar (laughs) guys i wanted apparently after the sangria house (laughs) last december i wanted to take one of those hype beast photos where you're like bended on bended knee and with like the little prey emoji going on and I wanted yes. to do that in the middle of the street. And then Chris goes, there's a fucking streetcar coming. Like You got to get <laughs> off the fucking streets. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I forgot those existed here. I <laughs> forgot was, like, those late. existed here. <laughs> it was so late. It was like past 12, was it not? It was It was super late into the No, evening. dude, it was like. It was like 11. It was like 11 something. We didn't even kiss midnight. <laughs> oh, shut up. <laughs> Here I was thinking it was like freaking one in the morning. And I was nah, like causing dude. all this ruckus. No, because I got out to go to work like it was nothing the next morning. Because <laughs> you didn't drink. But me and Jonah down, we shared that whole pitcher of sangria. Yeah. Yeah, that was a mess. 
Y'all, y'all were a whole mess. And then, and then you had drinks at the Drake before. Yes, that yes. was a lot of alcohol. Yeah, that was dude. A lot. Yeah, but I mean, we were also at Otto's Beer Hall literally just before that, where you ate like pretty much an entire pig's leg and all I know, of the accoutrement. Before I was pescatarian, and I'm like, yes, this was different times. Yeah, and I just <laughs> realized now that that's my last meal as a normal person and not on any dietary restriction. Is that I hate, I ate a pork hot like a what is that up? A hawk, right? It's yes, it's called. literally yeah. a ham hawk. Yeah, Nikki ate pretty much a whole like pig thigh into the knee. <laughs> well, not just me, but yeah, it was well, like we a shared it amongst platter. the three of us. Yeah, yeah, but it was a a lot more. Yeah. There was like a but two different types of fries. There was like sausages, there was the Brussels sprouts. There was the yes. sausages. So yeah, many it sausages. Was, it was so much. The pretzel. It was oh. Yo, that pretzel with the grainy mustard. Oh, fuck the oh grainy my mustard. God. Yo, the grainy mustard was so good. <laughs> fuck. <laughs> Next time you're back, we'll just be like, yo, can we get everything? Can we just get like every, like we want, we want everything but the ham hock. Yes. We just yes, want, we, we want, want all of the accoutrement. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, that's what life is too, man. Life on a plate. You, you, you have the star, the ham hock, but then Everything else around it is what makes it so special. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I'm trying to I'm trying to elude this to being. I'm trying to make the comparison of of meat from a dead animal to home. <laughs> you gotta help me out here, Chris. I'm not that literate. Okay, hold on, hold on. I gotta think about this. I gotta think about this. Um, sometimes, sometimes home. Is is a ham hock being shared amongst three ridiculous, young, fun, hilarious women in a dark corner of a bar on Queen West in Toronto. Very eloquently put. <laughs> Done. And then the other side of that is sometimes home is is yelling at one friend to get out of the street when she wants to take a hype beast photo in a streetcar is approaching. <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes home is when you are having the most pounding headache oh, after God. said night. Jesus. Your friends text you and tell you that you can Uber Tylenol from 7-Eleven <laughs> at two in the morning. Yep. <laughs> That is the greatest piece of advice anybody I had ever worked with. Like one of my one of my pals, I was working uh, at a uh, food delivery startup for a hot second, and somebody, as I was sick, slacked me and was like, "Yo, if you like can't get out of bed, you can like Uber Eats pain meds from like Seven Eleven." And I was like, "Oh my god, you're a bleeding genius!" And now I use that tip as often as I can. <laughs> yep, I yeah. think that that's. Um... That, that sounds pretty homey to me. Yeah, that's that's home. That's home, man. That's our November. That's our November. But for real, guys, go and check out that podcast. I I learned I learned a lot. They did a whole season on Beyonce's Lemonade, and let me tell you, I learned a lot more than I wanted to. But oh my god, I am definitely more woke. Well, Becky with the good hair better watch out. Oh man, 
it it was it was dope. You you, you should listen to it. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And now it's time for the question segment of the show, Chris. Yes. We had a question from the audience, and this week, what did they ask us? Uh, why do girls take so long to get ready? I'm not gonna lie. I was a little offended by this question because was it a dude? It was a dude, wasn't it? Yeah. I'm not gonna lie. I was really offended because I <laughs> pride myself on like being out the door in like ten minutes. I oh, I damn. can I can shower. Well, like also now is like in the time of plague. Who am I? Who am I dressing up for? True. I, I'm showering, putting some product in my hair so it doesn't become like a small crazy bird's nest. Yeah putting some chapstick, some mascara, and a mask on, and I'm out the door. Half your face is covered, bro. Like, you don't need to impress anybody. Yeah. You know what's impressive? Not catching the plague. Yeah. (laughs) Fucking gold medal right there, bruh. (laughs) Right there, bruh. Yeah, man. (laughs) Yeah, my dude. (laughs) For for real, though, I even before all of this, like, I, I prided myself on that. Like, I could get ready for work in, like, 10 minutes. Out the shower, put some product in my hair, put a little bit of eyeliner on, some blush so I didn't look so dead, chapstick, and I'm out the door. Done. That's pretty impressive. That's really impressive. Yeah. Pride myself on that. I'm like 15 minutes tops. Like 10 minutes of that is the shower. (laughs) But you're the, you're the, you know, exception to the rule because, and Mr. Pharmacist has brought this to my attention and he's like, oh my God. You tell me. That you're you're on your way. I'm like waiting beside the door for you. And then I only live. Here's the thing, though. I was like, I can't lie because he'll know. Because we only live fi- like five minute drive away from each other. So Stop. when I say I'm on my way, and five minute has passed and I'm not there, he knows I haven't left my house yet. So he's like maybe you can give me some more realistic etas because oh i'm just here waiting for you some realistic like, eta because <laughs> then i'll say that i'm putting on my shoes and then it'll take me 20 minutes to put on my shoes and then get out the door and like i i i am i'm sorry i, I don't know what else to say <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry, but I am trying to get better. I am always late. I don't know what it is. What? Like, I no. know I'm not a perfect person, okay? Like God <laughs> Stop is this. If there's a God or a higher power, whoever I'm it is that made human person. aliens and goats, we are we I am not uh, <laughs> I am not perfect. We all have our shortcomings and just I I am very bad with time management. So God, it's a thing. It's a thing. You know, I, I don't know what it is. I always wake up. Here's the thing though. It's like, I, it only takes me half an hour to get to work and I will wake up an hour, like and a half before. So I have a full Mm -hmm. hour to do everything that I need to do. And then half an hour to get there. But yet I, I find a way to always arrive late. I don't get it. Oh my God. What? I don't get it. I I'm the exact opposite. I live eight minutes away from work, and I leave I leave forty minutes early, and I will get there. I will get there super early, and I will I will I will just wait. But at least I know I'm there, and I have like zero anxiety to get there because I'm already there. I'm like yeah yeah yeah. I'm chilling. Like I'm hanging out, and I'm always like that. 
No, I think Nikki has a need for speed. It's like <laughs> fucking you have 25 <laughs> minutes to get there and and you know, but it takes you 30 minutes. Let's see who wins. You Nikki's or out time. here wanting to play Mario Kart <laughs> to get like, to It's work. not no man. Mario Kart is for pussies. Okay. Stop. I'm I'm in here like fast and furious. <laughs> like <laughs> You know, fast and fair, like the need for speed. You know, stop. No time to die. Oh, is that was that the James Bond? One? Oh what, my is god, is that the James Bond movie? Yeah, man. Not a day. No. Not not today, man. Not dying today. So <laughs> Nikki, that's, Nikki that's, is uh, out here life. living another day. <laughs> I, I'm out here living another day, and then coming oh. home to what I call home. Yes. Wow. Full circle. Well, Full on circle. that note, guys. <laughs> <laughs> on that note. <laughs> thank you guys for listening to this week's episode. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, we want to hear from you guys. Ask us all the questions. You can reach us at edit to real podcast at gmail.com or on the social medias, the Twitter, the hipstagram at edit to real and like ask us the questions because we'd like to hear from you. We might get offended by some questions, but we'll still answer it. We'll still answer it. We have zero shame. Yes. 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 <laughs> when you when you try to take a hype beast photo in the middle of the street in Toronto with an oncoming streetcar, you give no shits. Yo, Nikki, I think we have to post that picture. Oh no, can we not? <laughs> it's fine. We'll put we'll put a giant emoji over your face and it'll be okay. really, really funny. It'll be great. Yes. We'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you guys so much for listening to this week's episode. We'll see you in the next. Stay real. Stay real.